0: Welcome to The Mountain Gardener with your host, Ken Lane. Gardening can be challenging, but with Ken's tips, tricks, and local advice, you'll reap huge rewards. Now welcome your host, Ken Lane.
1: And welcome to this week's edition of The Mountain Gardener. Your host, Ken Lane, talking about the landscapes of northern Arizona. And this is a, this is why we live in the mountains of Arizona. It's just so glorious. I mean, yeah, it got chilly. What was that? Like 10 days ago. Had a little bit of frost damage. But pretty much the plants just came right through it. And kind of moving forward. And things look good. My my maples are in full red. They're glorious. Beautiful. Oh my gosh. Great shade in the summer. And spectacular fall color. I mean, nothing like it. And then it's got this light gray. to Almost white bark. So it's pretty even. Even in the winter, it's just got the it's got the mountains just covered. Uh, it's going to complement with the aspens, which should turn here. They're starting to show, but another another I don't know week, ten days, they'll be in full color. Then all that white bark just sparkles and comes out. I just love the autumn season. This is a season of transition. This week, I've done quite a bit of gardening. This week, I mean, it's quite a bit. I spent uh, maybe a day. Out in the gardens, I took uh, part of Saturday, you know, Sunday after church. Kind of went through and just cleaned things up, changed things over, and modified things. I'm switching out um, anything that has summer color. It's going to die when when we get frost. I ripped it out this week. There's nothing left. All of the pintas, zinnias, potato vine. It's all gone, and it was it was hard on me. So I filled up the trash can. Trash was uh, a Monday. And so I wanted to fill that up and kind of get rid of it. Um, I I went through and then I made room for my winter blooming things. So most of us, if you're tuned in, you're in the zone where you can actually have color year round, maybe the highest elevations of Flagstaff, the higher north sides of the White Mountains, maybe not, Uh, but you can sure have color through the end of the year uh, for sure. And so some of us get really cold in January, where it it might kill it off up in the high elevations, you know, sixty five hundred foot and above. But most of us, my my violas, they just lock in. So whatever I have starting at the new year kind of stays there. It doesn't die. Doesn't bloom. It's it's in bloom, but doesn't set more blooms. Uh, and then by by. Valentine's just takes off again because then the cold is done. It's dipped up. It's starting to get brighter days. Days are getting longer and it just goes from there. And so I'm purposely planting now so that I've got something pretty to look at throughout the winter. It can get pretty gray. The days get pretty short. It just gets pretty cold. And where I'm going, I just don't like being inside this much. At least I can look out in a snowstorm or look out when it's wind is just blowing, eating through you. I can look out and go, oh, I remember when I planted those in October. And aren't they pretty now? And so the kale, flowering kale or ornamental kale I've planted, lots of violas, lots of Dusty Miller, snapdragons. Every yard in the mountains of Arizona should have a snapdragon. So my containers have been moved out, have been, been transitioned over. And and here's the real secret when you're doing that. Uh, I've got quite a few containers. I probably planted, let me think here, five. So there's, uh, I don't know, 15, 20 containers of, of flowers, uh, plants, blooming pretty things. Um, here's what I find. Here's, here's how this gardener, my name's Ken. You know, We're just, we're just friends. We're, we're talking over the backyard fence. And, and this is really working for me in my yard. I think it will work for you as well. If you're tuned in in the mountains of Arizona at all, if, if you're tuned in from other places, you're listening to podcasts out in Minnesota, it doesn't quite apply. But for the sunbelt, it really applies. That's from Albuquerque right on over to just take I-40 all the way across the country and south. It's going to work for us. Um, here's what I do. When I'm doing my containers, I'm pulling up just by the roots. I just grabbed that potato vine, which was three feet around, two feet tall. It was stunning. But I know within seven, 10 days, it's going to be dead. I want time to get my new things established and going. So I rip that thing out, throw it in the trash can of the compost pile, um, and, and then I just start over, freeing up space in my containers. So let's say the, the containers on either side of the garage, these are large, two foot wide by... Four foot high containers. They're large. I mean, they make a statement on either side of my my garage. I mean, it's just like, it's boring. It's a huge garage door. I wanted to, to dress it up. And so there I've got between the container and that light that's on either side of your garage, I've got a Nandina, an evergreen shrub. It's very pretty. It's a dwarf variety. And so it's nice and full and green. That's my anchor. That never goes away. It's always there and it just gets fuller and nicer looking. I trimmed up one of them a little bit so so I could see the flowers as I was going to skirt the bottom of that pot with. But what I'm looking to do is take those summer plants out and then I'm looking to get a little more of that root. I'm trying to add some soil to there. The oh, Potato vine has this great big thick root to it. and So as it rots or freezes, it actually taints the soil and will inhibit growth of the new thing in there. So I want to dig that up, get it out of there so I can add some fresh potting soil. I want to give it some freshness. So many times I think many of us gardeners, many of you, uh, use that old soil and you wonder why your plants don't tra- don't transplant very well. It's because it's sitting there and as those as those old roots rot. They taint the soil. This is whether it's in containers or in the ground. If you're digging a new tree, let's say you want to put a new maple or aspen or a brand new spruce tree or pine, if you want to put a new thing in the ground, the same thing applies. If you get an old root down there, old, I mean ragweed from weeds to tree roots to whatever, you want to dig that hole wide and not the same depth as the bucket, as the roots that you're going to plant, but wider. And then filter any of that old root, decomp- as things decompose or compost, they rob the soil of nitrogen and they deprive your plants of growing well. And so they'll tend to yellow on you. They they'll drop some leaves. They just look like they're starved of food and that they are. Because the stuff that was in there is composting, it gets first dibs, then whatever is left over, then that plant will get some food. Well, you need to screen that out in your containers, especially because you're dealing with a a micro environment that's confined. So I try to take that top layer of soil out to add some fresh soil. I'll take all those old roots and I'll top dress a raised bed or something. I'll use it out there. Add it to the compost pile. Have those old roots compost in the compost pile. That's where they belong, not in your containers. So you want some freshness. Then I'll top it off within oh about an inch from the top. I want to have it look full, another mistake I find rookies make is they are doing containers, they only have enough soil to fill the pot up halfway and then they plant their plants inside the pot It looks It looks like you ran out of soil, it looks like you ran out of money. It looks like you're poor people planting and you're you, know, you want this thing to look full, glorious, like it's like you've been designing for years, and you know what you're doing. You just pack these plants in, and when you get done planting, it should look like it's been planted. For years, I mean, I pack them so my my foliage touches foliage on new pansies or kale. So it looks pretty full. And then now we've got plenty of time to establish, to root out, to fill in those new plantings. So they'll actually root and they'll actually grow some. I mean, already it's only been just a few days and already I'm seeing, oh, look, look how happy they are. So new soil. Is the secret? I think that's the don't don't plant don't keep planting in that old soil. It's a game changer, and then use a good quality professional mix or potting soil. We make our own, so our plant that's our our grower developed this recipe a decade ago, and so we keep testing it against other potting soils, national brands to local brands to cheap brands and more expensive brands, and nothing performs better then our water is potting soil. I know it doesn't have a name. It's not well known unless you shop here, but, but for northern Arizona at the higher elevations where it's this dry climate, and these uh, warm days and cool nights, it just you want a soil that holds moisture but still drains. It's, it's, this is a razor's edge to get that soil just right. It stays too wet Plants will rot and they'll they'll fade off, they'll dampen off is what they call it. If it's too loose, it'll drain too fast. The plants will dry out too quick and they'll they'll wither or they'll get brown leaves and they just won't fill out. It's a razor's edge, a good quality potting soil, and that's the secret. Add some freshness. A lot of great tips for you at this show. I mean, I'm just getting started. Maybe we're just just into this ten minutes, but uh, a lot in store. We got Lisa coming in with your garden questions right after this.
0: You've been listening to The Mountain Gardener with Ken Lane, owner of Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Join him every week for timely garden advice right for the gardens. Visit Ken where he can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Some things are just better together.
1: July is the best time to fertilize with all-purpose plant food from
0: Waters. But pair the all-purpose with humic acid and it's a one-two punch of garden power.
1: Humic acid gives your soil organic matter that helps plants' roots receive water and nutrients.
0: So it makes fertilizer work even better. Like salt and pepper. Coffee and donuts. And hey, you and me. Ah, thanks Ken all-purpose plant
1: food and humic acid better together and only at Waters Garden Center. Hi, Ken with the Plants of the Week and our Fire Alarm Red Mums.
0: With a name like Fire Alarm, you'd expect large red blooms that take a fire hose to put the glowing petals out.
1: Just provide a little garden soil for a flaming red that will last and last.
0: But wait, there's more. This Fire Alarm Mum comes back again for even bigger show next year and just $3.99
1: waters garden center 1815 iron springs road in prescott where people who love red moms they love to shop
0: you've been listening to ken lane the mountain gardener green thumbs learned while working in the family garden center now welcome back to the mountain gardener
1: and we are back with lisa waters lane in the studio she comes with your garden questions each week, and uh, I haven't seen this pretty gal for it seems like three weeks now. I don't know. I'm gone for a while, then you're gone, and I'm gone, and then you're going. You just got back from St. Louis. Yeah. Yeehaw! Oh,
0: that's not very
1: well. If, Yeehaw! All, what does that have to
0: do with St. Louis?
1: Oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that's my only uh, sarcastic uh, Yahoo thing. I, I guess I just insulted a bunch of people from St. Louis. It's not on our favorite city list. Let's put it that well, way. Well,
0: you know, I have to say the first time we went was in February. And yeah, no, oh, not yeah. my favorite this time. It was very, very pretty. Was it?
1: Yes. Oh, Fall colors were showing up?
0: They were just starting to show up. Just gotcha. starting to show up. But was... everything was green and lush. And oh, my gosh, they have water. They hey, they've got water, the Mississippi, the out there. I mean, that's like right
1: to the middle of the Mississippi
0: city. Mississippi or the Missouri? Or is it both?
1: Oh, I don't both know. Come through? I should have done better at my geography classes. I don't know.
0: Yeah, I think actually both might come
1: through. Alexa, what rivers <laughs> the group runs through St. Louis? I know it's got an arch. It does. Did you see it? Did you go under For the it? plane?
0: Did, oh, okay. But I heard the uh, shuttle driver was going. You got to go see the arch. They they put a new park around it. Oh. Uh, they put new elevators in around it. But then we talked to some people who went, and they were like. Um they should have asked us if we were claustrophobic. <laughs> oh,
1: going through the arch or up in, you yeah. can go in it this
0: kind of thing. Uh-huh. Oh, really? And I was like, "Ooh, that could be a problem." But um pretty fun thing to check out. And then he said, "Oh, you got to check out the zoo. It's a free zoo." Oh, wow. I didn't and know the that. guy who used to run, remember Mutual of Omaha's Wild Animal Kingdom yeah. show? He started that zoo. Oh. Anyways, it's a. The phrase. things we learn.
1: Yeah. I retract everything I just said. We got to go. I should hope so. I'm trying to talk ourselves into a friend's house over in uh, Branson, Missouri, oh, uh, Hendrickson's. Don't our, do that. Our, uh, our hurricane friends we survived Irene with, and uh, they've got a new place. I'd like to, that'd be just like on the way. We go visit the kids in El Paso, then Austin, then Branson, then St. Louis, and mm. got lots of family in Georgia.
0: That's true. Now, anyway, I've never met the Georgia family.
1: I'm glad you're back. We yeah. you took a crew to St. Louis to learn. We're training middle management here at Waters mm-hmm. Gardens. This, the, we had a record year, big, biggest the company's ever been, and it's growing past. We need some more people to help us, and so we're training our staff by the numbers. And so we we had our consultants come in. And they just trained four of our team members, and so we can we can all run this thing together. I think when when. When your employees, your staff, are actually they 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 know what's going on, they feel like they're a part. They mm-hmm. they want they oh, yeah. want to help you. They want to make you proud. And so sure. we're trying to impart yeah. to them it's more, more knowledge and it's mm-hmm. more information than blisters. So listeners yeah, hear. this was
0: but, training. There were probably twelve other garden centers oh, from around the country yeah. there, from Washington to. I was trying to think where the other... I think there was actually one from Canada Really?
1: There. It is northern Arizona um, or northern uh, North America. Yeah. yeah.
0: But it's interesting to talk to other garden centers around the country because you get a better feel. Sometimes you get so encapsulated in your own space, you know, and this is good because you get other opinions and other yeah. things that are going on and what's dynamic in their area. And, so that's good.
1: I, I haven't posted this yet, but uh, we just did receive... The best practices award, so no, we're no. noted in the industry as running a good operation. We're engaged with our community. We train our staff. We 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 know we're related to our not related. We we are interested in our vendors. <laughs> <laughs> We've been related to our vendors, but uh, not don't anymore. <laughs> I don't even want to go there. <laughs> anyway, garden questions. Just just yes. move right off.
0: Of that. Okay. Well, Mark has a question, and I thought, well, dang, that's a good question. So he has a older autumn blaze maple in his yard, and his question is, why is only half of it turning, and the other half is just kind of still green? You no,
1: know, that happens pretty regularly to to fall colored trees. You know, it could be the the sun. Mm-hmm. Usually, the south side, the sunnier side, will will turn first, or it could be a a soil thing so there's more moisture or less moisture on that or grub control or grub uh, 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 gophers or things that can happen in the soil but my guess is that only happens for like a day or two and then the rest of it turns so why does uh my beard turn gray but not my top old. of my head
0: hair. I just
1: it's not all <laughs> turning gray at the same time it's only part of it what is that uh, so I won't even talk to other parts of my body <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but kind of the same effect. It's genetics and it's just, it just wants to turn colors. That one just usually by just a few days mm-hmm. and the rest of it will turn. You'll notice they'll drop. Mm-hmm. At different parts of the the tree, many times the top will drop first, and then the bottom parts will will drop later. So you'll just see. It's good that you're engaged and watching nature and how it mm-hmm. unfolds. That's part of the joy of of seeing a landscape turning colors and how that seasonality just works with and through your gardens.
0: And and nature is is can be weird. I mean, can we have weird. in our landscape we have two maple trees. One's turning; it's beautiful, it's yeah. gorgeous colors. The other one kinda went just to yellow. Yeah. You know. (laughs) So you don't know why a lot of times you can guess and you can try and help it, but nature is nature.
1: One thing you can do though, and I've mentioned this earlier in the in the show, but fertilize, fertilize, fertilize Mm -hmm. it, you cannot fertilize enough a big tree and if, if that tree's off color a little bit, it's almost always a nutrient thing. Whether it's an evergreen that used to be more silver or more blue, or it's a maple that now it's a little more orange or yellow, fertilize. And if it's really bad, come talk to us and we can show you exactly the steps. So I, for some of our, our plants that had a little off, so we had one that was a little off, I gave it the um, all-purpose plant food. Mm-hmm. Big, this is a big shade tree. Then I also gave it humec. It's a humic acid, and so it lowers a pH, encourages root growth, and then it'll take in the, the fertilizer better. so next spring I'll have tremendous, beautiful green, green leaves, big leaves, and then I'll have better fall color if I keep up with that. So there's some tricks you can do to coax your it's like it's like uh, giving the right protein levels to a bodybuilder. You got to give them the right ones or they bulk up well if you give them the wrong ones, they just work out, work out, work out, and go nowhere so. Anyway.
0: Hmm. Yes. That's
1: a bad analogy. I know. I shouldn't have gone there. <laughs> I
0: was going <laughs> to Only go thing that with,
1: came to mind. Yeah, we'll I'm not let, a bodybuilder, we'll Don't go. even understand. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, this kind of goes into Marty's question. He needs wants to know does he need to feed his lawn this time of year? Yeah. And then also he wonders when he should cut, shut, bleh, 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 cut back on his watering.
1: So lawn, it's way too early. I mean, you can grow another Month, month and a half, maybe two months. I've seen lawns go beautiful green right through winter. You just don't know. It depends on the winter. So yes, very important, especially for a new lawn to fertilize. And I would use the seven four four all-purpose plant food, the best lawn food ever. It's amazing, and it's the bird guano in there. That that bird poop just that makes, makes it smell s- so
0: good too. Well, <laughs>
1: don't don't encourage people that way. But anyway, it it makes it makes it. You can keep it going green. And then a month from now, I would do that all-purpose food right now. And a month from now, I would put the humic on. The humic, what that does, humic acid, if you put that on a lawn, it encourages deeper roots of the lawn. But also it encourages the microorganisms that work at the soil. It gets rid of the the, the thatch, so that matting. So now you don't have to aerate. You don't have to dethatch. And it's just a one-two punch that really... Gets rid of all the work of a, of a lawn. It's really it's a game changer.
0: Okay, so don't stop watering. Don't stop but watering
1: feed. and feed. Yeah, okay. keep it going. Set the shorty? Yeah, sorry, going <laughs> and mean, get all excited about lawns. Maybe you have time That's for one more good. quick question.
0: We do. Well, this is a quick one. Cindy would like to know if she can grow fig trees in the higher elevations here in Prescott.
1: Oh, in Prescott for sure, up to about six thousand foot. There's there's three or four varieties. You'll need to get the frost hardy or cold hardy. They're kind of like camellias. There's only, out of all the figs, there's there's like four that, that grow here, maybe three. Out of all the camellias, there's like two, three, something like that. And they've got enough you know, robust uh, uh, in to keep from freezing. So that's when, yeah, come talk to us. It's, I don't have enough to share over the airwaves, and I can't remember the three names. <laughs> uh, but come see us, and we can show you which figs, which grapes, which blackberries, which fruit trees, I mean, which apples, which pears, which – you need to know which ones – grow best they'll all grow here but will they produce a fruit here and you're hopefully putting a fruit tree in for the fruit and so we can guide you as to which ones pollinate wake up a little later get you out of frost all those idiosyncrasies that make you a better gardener that it's just local knowledge ask for the local knowledge and you'll have better answers and better gardening down the road so I didn't answer her question but yes (laughs) anyway Ken and Lisa Lane and the Mountain Gardeners be right back
0: You're listening to Ken Lane, a.k.a. the Mountain Gardener. Ken can be found throughout the week in Prescott at Waters Garden Center. Listen each week as he answers timely garden questions unique to mountain gardens. Oh, no! My pine trees look terrible! Never fear! Plant Protector is here! Plant Protector? From Waters Garden Center? My Super Strength Protector destroys
1: pine scale, bark beetle, and aphids. Just water into the soil and your trees are protected from the inside out for the year. Thank you, Plant Protector. You can always find Plant Protector at Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron
0: Springs Road in
1: Prescott. Hi, Ken, with the Plants of the Week and our Ivory Feathers Pampas Grass.
0: The most majestic of all grasses, this dwarf pampas grass blends perfectly into landscapes.
1: In bloom at Waters now with long stalks of ivory plumes held tall above flowing green foliage that only grows head high.
0: Much easier to maintain, this crop is the nicest you'll find and only $39.99.
1: Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott, where people who love ivory grasses, they love to shop.
0: You've been listening to The Mountain Gardener with local expert Ken Lane. Join the conversation every week as he answers timely garden questions. Email Ken a question directly from your phone to his desktop through the web at watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Now welcome back your host, Ken Lane.
1: All right, I had started the show out just sharing that I was transitioning uh, containers. I've picked the giant pumpkins. They're out front I had two pretty large pumpkins they're not as big as last year maybe a third the size the season just got it was so cold through May that really if your summer plants they they've got a, a month's less time to ripen up to to get to size and so I picked the pumpkins the watermelons this week just kind of clearing up space in my my gardens my raised beds my containers then I added pulled all the summer plants out and I put the winter plants in, flowering things mainly. Uh, so I was sharing how I, what I looked for when I'm pulling those plants out. I pulled the potato vines out. I pulled the zinnias, the pintas, and then the watermelons, the pumpkins, and I'm adding uh, new plants into those raised beds and containers. And I mentioned add, you're looking to pull those old roots out and add some fresh potting soil and the benefits of that. If you don't do that, the plants will not do as well they just won't freshness uh, your gardening is all about the soil you get that right plants just they want to grow they're looking to grow just encourage them a little bit and they just take off if you shortcut the soil and you don't have it right you don't have the right textures right nutrients right if you don't have it right they just sit there and they look at you and they struggle. They turn yellow and they wilt or they dry up. or They're just issues. It all comes down to a soil thing. You might blame the new plant you put in or transplanted. You started something by seed. It's been growing in your yard, in your greenhouse, in your basement under lights for you know, six weeks. You put it in the yard and it's not the plant. It was the soil to blame. That That's where the issues really are. 80% of all your issues are going to be soil-related or water-related, which is soil-related. So it's, it's water, soil. Those are the two issues you're really trying to, to get right. If you get those right, success just takes off, whether it's a new tree, a new shrub, a new lilac, a burning bush, a pampas grass, or a new mum, or pansy, or, or kale. It's, it all comes down to the soil. And if you're a gardener, you just we just don't use the word dirt in gardening. We just never use that word, so it's really called soil. You can up your game just you just sound better when you go. Yeah, it's uh, my garden soils. I think I got it really honed in just right. The tomatoes just did crazy this year. It just went Soil ro- Soils the word. That's the word of the day. Mad, it's not not good enough for word of the day. But anyway, gardener gardeners, you understand, right? <laughs> anyway, you get you, you're trying to get some more soil. I'll I'll top my containers. Up to about an inch from the top, you want it to be look full. You're trying to get that soil level high enough to where it looks lush and overgrowing. You don't if you have a big lip at the top of that container, no matter what size, a big bowl, whatever. You want it to be close to the top, but you want to leave a little space. You got room to water it, and so the more soil you have, the more. At this point, insulation you're going to give it through winter, or the more water holding capacity you'll have through through any season. But it just looks better visually. Then I'll just pop all my plants out. I'll place them. I'll place them how I want. I've got the color combos, or what what uh, uh, plants I want. Companion plants might be kales and pansies. That was a good one. Uh, could be um, could be snapdragons, a taller thing, surrounded by violas could be Dusty Miller. I love that, that silver with the purple of, of kale. You can go with color combos. The plants of fall are just really fun to play with because there's lots of colors to them and they're vibrant and they're all in bloom right now. So it's easy to mix and match and make a great design. Um, when you, when you place all that thing out, I'll just I'll tickle the feet of each root. I want to break that open because sometimes they'll mat up at the bottom. I don't beat the root up too much. I just try to separate or massage the bottom. Then I just chuck it in the ground and backfill in, into that potting soil. And then I'll water it in at the very, very end. When I think I've got things just about right, um, what I'll do, what, what, this is what I do. I'll have my hose sitting there waiting to just saturate, super saturate, oversaturate. That soil, the container, I want to see water flowing out the bottom of that container. I want to see water a new tree. I want to see it percolating up out of the ground, around the root. I want to see it over-watered. I really want to saturate it well. With a good potting soil, even a good mulch you're adding to your soil, those are difficult to get rehydrated, especially if it's an organic fertilizer. What happens is the reason a soil isn't organic or is... There's a wetting agent they add into the soil so it moistens up faster. That, those are synthetic or, or man-made, non-organic fertilizers. They'll wet up. They'll wet easier. An organic fertilizer, well, it'll be more difficult to get it moist because the wetting agent, they don't add a wetting agent uh, because it's not organic. And so ours, to get that peat moss and the green composted materials rehydrated, it takes a lot of moisture. The great thing is once it, once it loads up with moisture, it stays that way. That's the beauty of an organic fertilizer. So I'll water it by hand with a hose to get it hydrated. I might do that a couple times to water just really flowing through that. And then at the very end, I've had mixed up, before I even start, some root and grow. It's an organic composted tea that we make here. It's called Root and Grow. I'll water in all those plants at the very end because I want that new composted tea to to surround the root ball of those new plants because it will get them to take, hold the moisture, and it will encourage faster, stronger root growth. And that's kind of my one, two, threes of how I add new plants in the ground, whether it's a tree, shrub, or, or just new mums. Be right back after this.
0: The Mountain Gardener, your source for timely garden advice right for higher elevations. Guaranteed to make a difference in your yard this season. Hi,
1: Ken. The plants of the week in our plum-tastic muley grass.
0: Glittering clouds of vivid purple plumes emerge in late summer and persist through the end of the year. It's a natural
1: and showing off all its glory right now at the garden center.
0: A superb hillside plant, especially when situated so that the plumptastic flowers are backlit by the Arizona sunset. All for just thirty-six dollars.
1: Waters Garden Center, eighteen fifteen Iron Springs Road in Prescott. For people who love plumptastic grass, they love to shop.
0: Plants are a lot like puppies; they need care, water, and food. You
1: wouldn't forget to feed your puppies, so don't forget to feed your plants.
0: Waters 744 All-Purpose Plant Food is a gourmet meal for your plants.
1: The only food for Arizona plants for the nutrients they need for big blooms, a hefty
0: harvest, and tremendous trees, all naturally. It's time to feed your plants with 744 All-Purpose Plant Food from Waters Garden Center in Prescott. You're listening to The Mountain Gardener with local expert Ken Lane. Mountain gardening is very rewarding with a few of Ken's tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts sure to turn your thumbs even greener. Now welcome back to The Mountain Gardener.
1: And we have Lisa Waters Lane coming back into the studio. We just give this segment, this gap of time in our worlds, and it's all about you. Finally, it's all about you.
0: It's still not about
1: <laughs> it's out. It's all about us. Does that well, work? Uh,
0: okay. <laughs> okay. I'll let that oh one go.
1: Yeah. So what do you got for <laughs> us today? I didn't set that one up very well. Sorry. No. Some days I've really got it going on, and some, some days, days I'm just kind of flat. Yeah,
0: that's one of these days. <laughs> they
1: still got to tune in and listen, though. So. They don't
0: have
1: to. But don't change that channel yet. It <laughs> might get better
0: from here. <laughs> <laughs> or you could <can> go <laughs> Jogging a cup of coffee We don't know <laughs> Anyways So I thought I would talk about Because it's getting to be That time of year When some of those shrubs In our yard Are starting to kind of go yeah, I'm kind of done. I
1: know. The asters in our yard <laughs> I had to cut some back. They just went they've been spectacular. Yeah. I went, mm-hmm. you don't look, you're bringing me down.
0: Yeah. I took
1: pruners A lot of to things
0: them. like the Rose of Sharon, they're done blooming. They got some cold. I was looking at the crepe myrtles across the street and they just went, ugh. Yeah. Because they don't like the cold. So yeah. some of those things that have been summer blooming and spectacular um, are now just starting to go, yeah, I'm ready to go to bed. I'm ready for fall.
1: So what do you do about that?
0: Well, this is a good time to take a look at your yard and go, do I need some evergreen shrubs in here? No, that's good. because. Yep. And you always tell me, and I always forget, what percentage of evergreen should you have in well,
1: your Well, 20%. You always eat get, all, all four seasons, uh, winter, spring, summer, fall, mm-hmm. are 20%. And then that last 20%, it's whatever you like. If, you, if this is your summer home, mm-hmm. it should mainly be summer blooming stuff. If this is your winter home, it should be mainly winter evergreens. Depends on what time of the year you're here using your yard. We get a lot of Alaskans, they, they summer here and no, they winter here Wintered and summer her. <laughs> there. And a lot of Phoenicians or, or flatlanders, Palm spring mm-hmm. folks, they summer here and winter down there. So it just depends. You got some flux, mm-hmm. but 20% mm-hmm. on any given season, okay. you should be well represented and well balanced mm-hmm.
0: throughout the yard. York. Cause I think so many times we focus on those blooming shrubs yeah. or color shrubs and we forget, oh yeah, there's november december january february and (laughs) it's nice to have some of the color and green in your yard year round it's true so i was looking at you have this amazing little list on the website i know called what is it top 10 uh, high country top 10 plant lists so i was perusing that and on that you have your top 10 evergreen shrubs so i thought we would talk about those
1: whoever wrote that
0: they're he must be really brilliant smart. and
1: good looking, <laughs> wouldn't you say? Oh yeah, <laughs> I'd marry that guy.
0: <laughs> well, <Wink. laughs> okay. So these are the top ten evergreen shrubs, and the other answer is yes, we do have all these in stock. Oh, good. Right now well, I would, I'd get that eventually. Yeah. So boxwoods, and the other great thing about boxwoods is they're animal resistant. I'd say proof. Mm-hmm. They, they just. Don't tolerate them. Right, right. And we carry two different varieties. One's more the more rounded one. The other one's taller and more narrow. So either one could fit nicely to any space in your yard. Nice evergreen. Yes, you can shape them. You can topiary them. You can make them into little bunnies or whatever you (laughs) wanted to do.
1: Dr. Seuss forms. Dr. Seuss. (laughs)
0: Uh, But it's a great shrub for here. Definitely a good base shrub to put in anywhere. Cotoneaster's. Uh, there again, how many different varieties of cotoniester are there? Like twenty, I don't know, it's maybe ridiculous. more. Probably there's
1: pages of them in, in mm-hmm. the garden. Yeah, tons of them.
0: In the in the shrub form, my favorite is the gray leaf and the Cotoneaster parnii, which is puts that real uh, it's a little bit bigger, greener leaf. In the winter, it kind of gets that um, almost bronzy leaf yeah. to it. Very, very, very pretty. pretty. Keeps its leaves on, gives you red berries. And they're again animal resistant. Yeah. And very drought hardy. You
1: could say that one's proof. We had that one in the backyard Let's in Skull Valley, where elk were roaming by, and they didn't. Even elk didn't bother. Deer yeah. don't bother. It. Rabbits mm-hmm. didn't bother it. So that's yeah. good.
0: It's a good one, also for screening. Uh, we had it in Skull Valley screening a humongous propane tank
1: submarine. <laughs> <laughs> hanging outside the back door. <laughs> it, was the pro, it was the heater to the greenhouses in the back, commercial greenhouses. So yeah, And it, was, it
0: did an amazing so like, job covering short, it, short definitely. Of course, the gray
1: leaf, that's the native one.
0: Mm-hmm. It just
1: goes wild. You'll see it around Watson Lake. Just, yeah.
0: just see it around. I like it in contrast. If you have a lot of green already in your yard, the gray leaf is a good contrasting plant yeah. out there. Or a
1: dark colored rock. Mm-hmm. You get that mocha color. You need a lighter color. Yeah. Shrub to really pop and be seen, whereas those darker leaves just blend right in and your, your yard just looks dark. Mm-hmm. So
0: mm-hmm. Uh, Junipers. There again, lots and lots of junipers. A couple of my favorite, well, actually my favorite juniper is the Sea of Gold juniper. Sometimes it's called Old Gold, Sea of Gold. I like it because it has that yellow top growth on it and it just shows up so nicely in the yard i think we have about three in our yard
1: yeah it's, it's uh, core
0: and you see them i mean when you're up on the deck or in our bedroom looking out the back you actually they show up much brighter than just a dark green out there so
1: we decided to uh, our, our backyard is all natural it's meant to be native but it's very dark so we've got lots of uh, cedar story. bark yeah. and and, you know, it's mulchy kind of we're, we're attracting birds, and that light color just pops. It glows year-round, especially mm-hmm. in winter,
0: because
1: yeah. all that new growth is this bright gold color. Mm-hmm. Thus the name Old Gold Juniper, or Sea of Gold Juniper. It's gold, not it's yellow, gold. not butter. It's gold. <laughs> you could take it to the bank.
0: Yeah, yeah I don't know what they not. do with it, but you could <laughs> take it. So that's my favorite juniper. Of course, there's many, many other varieties, tall, low-growing, you name it. It's Probably out twenty
1: there. varieties because we're in juniper forest here. Right, they naturalize so easy. They're just mm-hmm. they're natives. Of course,
0: they, really they would naturalize. Pretty. You know what's fast becoming one of my favorite evergreens out there? it's kind of a shrub. We'll call it a big shrub. Is the uh, chaparral Arizona cypress? Oh, it is a gorgeous color. It's kind of a sagey color out there. Yeah um and it would it's another one that you could really show up in your yard it's not going to be hidden away or just camouflage itself with other things it's beautiful so
1: now that's related to arizona cypress which is it is an arizona cypress by 12 but it's
0: it stays around 12 feet oh
1: half the size yeah oh most arizona cypress are way too big so this is like way
0: better for smaller smaller yards throw it we'll call it a big shrub Ooh, okay, 12-foot okay. Yeah, big <laughs> shrub. That's a big shrub. Well, it just made me think about it with the color. We were talking about the old gold juniper. I'm like, oh, yeah, the Arizona, Chaparral, Arizona cypress. That color
1: contrasts against a, let's say, stuccoed mm-hmm. block wall that's all beige. You just have yeah. too much beige, and your rock is beige, and your shutters are beige, and your gutters <laughs> are beige that one just really pops and really breaks up that monotony or uh, makes it look more Mm garden-esque. It's a great plant and and a truly natural native plant for her. Mm
0: -hmm. So talking about color, Nandina, uh, sometimes called Heavenly Bamboo. The taller one's called Heavenly Bamboo. There's a little bit shorter variety called Gulfstream or Sienna Sunrise. Those are another fantastic, Kind of base shrub to throw out in your yard. Wonderful color, especially in the fall. Uh, the heavenly bamboo gives you the red berries through the winter time nice red color on the leaves in the fall and in the spring so it's a good you know I, I tell I talk to people about it and they're like oh I've already had that yeah well, I'm like because well, it does okay. so well it does so well <laughs> yeah animal resistant pretty drought hardy once it's established and just a really pretty nice shrub for out there in the yard so
1: one thing people may not know about that the more sun it's exposed to the, the redder it will be uh-huh. the more color and the more shade it's in it'll just stay green or have just uh-huh. a little tinge around. Red. I mean, so it's, it has a seasonal change that it does. It's quite striking.
0: Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, the other one that does that is the Oregon grape or Mahonia. Yeah. yeah. And there you get there again. You can get some that are what about five? Get about five feet. Yeah, five chest five high five. or so. Yeah. yeah. And then they have a compact variety that gets about three foot tall. The thing I like about those is you get that really pretty spring blossom on it it's a real bright yellow blossom blooms pretty early too. oh yeah it's
1: march Mm -hmm. bright gold then it has the berries on it gets those real
0: like purpley burgundy berries on in the fall but it gets an amazing fall color as well
1: great choice and all of these are out you'll find Mm -hmm. them at your garden centers we've got them here at waters and they are ideally planted This time of year. So, this is the time to spot them. You can see where to put them. It's a great time to plant any of those evergreen shrubs. All right. Thank you, Lisa. We will be right back. Ken and Lisa Lane and the Mountain Gardeners.
0: Look for more tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts through Ken's website. Podcast the show, read his weekly garden column, or follow him on Facebook and Instagram at watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com.
1: Hi, Ken, with the Plants of the Week and our Ivory Feathers Pampas Grass.
0: The most majestic of all grasses, this dwarf pampas grass blends perfectly into landscapes.
1: In bloom at waters now with long stalks of ivory plumes held tall above flowing green foliage that only grows head high.
0: Much easier to maintain, this crop is the nicest you'll find and only $39.99
1: waters garden center 1815 iron springs road in prescott where people who love ivory grasses they love to shop
0: hi lisa here with the plants of the week and our little Janie gara
1: Little Janie is a charmer with flowers that float above this 15-inch
0: plant. The florescent pink flowers will wow the hummingbirds with Janie's charm as well.
1: Hummingbirds throughout the neighborhood will visit your plants. They're just so popular and only
0: $14. She thrives in hot, dry gardens and only found at Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. Where people who love their native plants to be beautiful
1: and hassle-free, they love to shop.
0: Welcome to the Mountain Gardener with Ken Lane gardening in the mountains is different. Listen to Ken's tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts guaranteed to make your gardens more beautiful than ever this year. Now for better advice that works locally, welcome your host, Ken Lane.
1: Now at next Saturday's garden class, I'm going to go deep into all the things you need to do to get ready for fall. There's some certain things, key garden I don't care if you consider yourself a gardener, if you're just a homeowner with a tree out in the front yard, there's some things you just really need to do to keep things healthy. These are living, breathing things out in the yard. They're kind of like puppy dogs, only they have a longer lifespan. Maybe, it depends on what they are. You need to care for them as they are a living, breathing thing. That means you need to fertilize them or feed them and you need to water them correctly. You get those right and they thrive. They take off. They add value to your house. So there's a few things that, that I did this week. I mean, I've, I've changed over my containers, but then also I fertilized everything in the yard. And, and then I treated for bugs and I treated for scale on my evergreens. And, and Let me explain all that. Uh, so you need to use a good granular fertilizer. This is the, not, not water solubles. In the landscape, your yard, those trees, shrubs out in the yard, your roses out in the yard, things out there that are in the ground, they need to be fertilized with a granular fertilizer. When you're talking about that, you're spreading that with a hand spreader. I checked a lot of mine by hand, but it's just you put it on the ground, and as water and snow hits this, it releases and and new, adds nutrients to the soil. It encourages root growth. It, it stores that up, and that's what it, that's the food it's going to use for next spring's growth, flowers, buds, fruits. That's what it, it's using the food now. You give it now for next spring. It's important especially for evergreens. Oh my goodness. They will yellow out on you if you don't do this. Here's the way I, I, I look at it. There, you've got either chemical fertilizers. They're made of petroleum products. Uh, uh, they're just, they're, anyways, I won't go into chemicals. I'm not going into my organic beliefs or not, but we like organic fertilizers. They're better for the environment and they're better for your plants. They're better for you. They're better for your pet. They're better for your grandkids and kids. They're just better, and they're better for the bird. They're just better. Uh, they don't get in the drinking water. Just organics are the way to go. We make two organic fertilizers here. We, 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 we specially blend our own recipes here for, for mountain landscapes. We've got one that we originally came up with. It's an all-purpose plant food. It's a 744, high-nitrogen, uh, high-iron, high-sulfur fertilizer. And then we make a fruit and berry fruit, fruit and, and uh, tomato uh, vegetable food. It's uh, all organic. It's meat meal and bone meal and blood meal and feather meal and just lots of calcium. So gypsum we added to that. This is really good if you have heavy soils, clay. That extra gypsum really helps to get additional root growth. They're both granular pelletized. You know, Spread them out there. The way I separate the two, what I did is I took two bags of the all-purpose food and one bag of the uh, vegetable uh, and, and fruit tree food. And I'm going to spread these. These are 20 pound bags. All of my fruiting, flowering things. I gave them the fruit and vegetable food. Even if it wasn't a fruit or vegetable, I gave it to them. So roses, they got that. Uh, the flowering trees, red buds, they got that. Uh, my my lilacs uh, for scythia, they got the the formula made for things that flower and, and fruit. And those that's that fruit. And vegetable food. I just chucked the the recommended amount at the base. I'm trying to get it close. I'm trying to fertilize the drip line, the entire underneath that outer branch to the trunk, the very tip of the outer branch to the trunk. That's called the drip line. And you really don't want to focus that food at the trunk. You want to focus it out at the outer edges of the drip line. That's where the feeder roots are. That's where all the water is taken up. That's where the nutrients are taken up by the plant. At the core of the plant, the very trunk, those are so thick, the roots are so thick and covered in bark, they are, they are not able to actually take in water or food. They're just there to they're the anchor that tree or that shrub upright to keep it up during a windstorm, a snowstorm, a rain, during storms, during bad weather. The, the roots that are important you're focused on are out towards the outer edge of that drip line. So I'm focused on that outer ring when I'm spreading this fertilizer. My evergreens, uh, big shade trees like my maples, uh, I've got some weeping uh, weeping redwoods, Some really funky, weird, fun kinds of plants. Those plants, they got the all-purpose plant food. My flowering uh, perennials, they got the all-purpose plant food. It's 744. Now, the main ingredient in that is bird guano and, and cottonseed meal. That cottonseed meal makes things very acidic, And so it keeps the evergreens green, uh, especially deodor cedars, your pine trees, spruce. If you want to keep them looking blue, you give them the all-purpose plant food. And I'll spread that again again, out around the drip line. The one to really be careful with, this is one, this is new. If you're new to the area, you, you really do want to be aware. If you're not used to gardening with yuccas, agaves, cacti, Brooms, these southwest deserty kind of plants. You want to be really careful that that fertilizer doesn't gather up. The way these native plants are, they've got these big pads that reach out to the sky. Many times they've got a needle on the end. This huge stalk that comes up that blooms. Um, the way they, the reason they're so hardy is they're gathering up the rainwater, water, and they bring it. They just have this natural rain harvest that they, they. They carry that root, that that water right to the roots, right to the heart of that plant. Well, they also carry fertilizers right to the heart of the plant. And if you're not careful, you can burn up a plant, a new new agave you put out there. This thing is, it'll be 20 years old before it actually puts on that new flowering stalk that stands 15, 20 foot tall, but you might kill it up before that. Uh, just because the food got to the heart of this, especially, really be careful if you're using chemical fertilizer like a Scotts or a Peter or something hardcore, it'll burn up a plant like just in a heartbeat. And so what I do with those plants, instead of chucking it at the base, I'll gently put it underneath the, uh, the those uh, outer pads. I'll try to get, again, you focus on the drip line. You don't care about the heart. You want to, You want those outer pads. That's where the feeder roots are. So I'm focused more gently, more deliberately, with my yuccas, agaves, brooms, cacti. I don't want that 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 fertilizer to to gather up. Does that make sense? Hopefully, I explained that well enough. But just if you're from the Midwest or other the the the, the Northwest, you're just not used to these kinds of plants. Just realize you got to be a little more deliberate with those plants. I fertilize everything. Uh, I. That's everything. Pine trees, uh, spruce trees, cedars, junipers, especially because they will—they they were notorious for having our evergreens go yellow mid mid-January or so. They're going, whoa, what just happened? Uh, they're starting dropping needles. If you fertilize them now, they'd look like a million bucks. They just keep that rich green to them. Uh, it's it's really important for to feed uh, your your your. Hedging or privacy kind of screens. This is the photinias and silverberries and those Fitzer junipers. They are going to need, uh, uh, I would say, shrub roses, things that you're edging the property lines with. Really important uh, because they are going to use that. Otherwise, we'll get winter burn. Some things can happen to them where they they start dropping leaves, especially in the middle or on the tops. This keeps them healthy. Lastly, I went through, I've got bugs in two parts of my yard. I get grubs at the lower part of the yard. I just every year I get grubs. So I just know I'm going to have them. So while I've got the spreaders out, I spread a grub killer, a grub control at the bottom half of my property, just where I naturally have more grub issues. I know I'm going to have them. Why wait? I just, one application, I'm done for the year. I just do that now. Uh, I do it now before the grubs go deep. They're still real, real active at the top layer of the, of the soil. And so you can get a real bonus, a real benefit by doing it now before they go deeper. They'll hibernate about three to four or five feet down the ground when it's real cold. And they'll come back up in February, start eating your plants again. They become really bad in March. They can kill plants. So I just know that. And so I do that. And I'm telling you that because you're my friends and I want you to have success well. Secondly, on my native pines, I treated each native pine tree with a tree and shrub plant protector. It's a systemic. Uh, Scale really gets on the pinyon pines. Bark beetle gets on the ponderosas. I know this. This is the time where plants are actively taking up nutrients. Well, this is the time I want to treat those plants with an antibiotic that will keep those insects off of them. And so it's you mix it up in a watering can. You pour it right at the base of the watering can. I try to get it on the bark. I slop it around. But this is your time. By the end of the end of this month really you put those tree and shrub plant protectors down especially if you're in those native areas you're bumping up against the native forest this is where those bugs are coming from it's important to keep them healthy and once you lose that 300 year old ponderosa pine or pinyon pine in your yard that that can never be replaced in your lifetime you want to really care for those before they have issues be right back
0: You're listening to local garden expert Ken Lane, the owner of Waters Garden Center. He can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center, located in Prescott, 1815 Iron Springs Road. Thanks for tuning in to The Mountain Gardener. If life is a bowl of cherries, why not make them the biggest, sweetest cherries ever?
1: Waters Garden Center is super excited to introduce our new organic fruit and
0: vegetable plant food. This fertilizer has the bonus of added calcium that gives fruit trees and veggies an extra boost to produce healthy, abundant crops.
1: Feed your plants now to help them thrive and grow more fruits than ever, and just
0: $27 for a 20-pound bag. Safe, natural, organic, fruit and vegetable plant food only at Waters Garden Center. Oh no, my pine trees look terrible. Never fear, Plant Protector is here. Plant Protector? From Waters
1: Garden Center? My Super Strength Protector destroys pine scale, bark beetle, and aphids. Just water into the soil and your trees are protected from the inside out for the year. Thank you, Plant Protector. You can always find Plant Protector at Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in
0: Prescott. You've tuned in to The Mountain Gardener with local garden expert, Ken Lane. Join him each week as he answers timely garden questions that are sure to make a difference in your gardens. Now welcome your host, Ken Lang.
1: All right, so if we've covered a lot of details, we're talking the technical side of gardening uh, for your fall gardens. Now, you can garden if if you've got a brand new home. And it's just nothing but rock and it's sterile, and that one tree they put out there and it's dropped leaves, and you're just now it looks like twigs surrounded by boulders, and you just don't have enough. This is definitely the time that you want to be putting in spruce and pine, your, your evergreen varieties. You have more choices this time of year at your garden centers than you do any other time of year, even more than in spring. In spring, you've got more spring blooming stuff, you know, lilacs and forsythias and quince and all those things. But there, there aren't many of those in the fall. It's all switched over, at least here at Waters Garden Center, we've switched over to fall colored plants like burning bush, nandinas, uh, all the winter evergreen shrub kind of things, especially big screening things, junipers and photinias and silverberries. And then we've really, we just unloaded another semi of. Spruce and pine. That's fat Albert spruce and hoop size and Colorado spruce and and Oregon green pines and Austrian pines and Scotch pine. And it just we front loaded with that because that's what's going to be planted through winter. That's what can be planted through winter. And here in at least in the central highlands, uh, region of the state, that's what people are wanting for the holidays. They want that pretty thing out front. Whether it's a little tiny Alberta spruce that's in a pot out front by their pillars or whether it's a big 8, 10-foot Colorado spruce sitting out there in the yard. Uh, that, this is the time also when you can see where to put things. You can visualize where, where you can balance out that evergreen, uh, that core anchoring of, the, of your evergreens out in the yard. This is a great time to, to place those and you can be planted. Now, some advice. Some of those Colorado spruce, I mean they weigh two three, four hundred pounds It's ridiculous I mean they're just too heavy for the average person to handle. Have your garden center planted for you i mean it's just i don't i don't even I'm still got a pretty young buck I got a liftgate truck I can borrow from the nursery, but I just don't want to wrestle that kind of thing, down to the back hill. And and I just want the crew can handle that. It's worth the 100 bucks, whatever it is, to have. And it includes the stakes. I don't want to drive stakes in the ground. They do that for you. It includes a jackhammer. includes, look at that. If it's smaller, usually if it's 15 gallon and below I plant it myself. If it's bigger than that, I would have it planted. Just look at that and, and, and make your own judgment. Uh, we cover this i 'm going to cover this topic and more uh, next weekend so we every week we have a garden class this, this weekend it was trees and how to plant them next week it's it 's uh, the top ten things you need to do in fall we 've got the handout of of how to fertilize the top the four steps to great fertilizing. We'll hand that out at that class or come in and you can just get a copy whenever you want. But sometimes it's good to hear someone explain it or why or why you're doing the steps, not just blindly follow it by faith, but understand it learn how to do it, how to deal with bugs, how to clean up, how to prune, when to prune, when your frosts are, when to look at flowers, transitions, when do you pick those last tomatoes off? A lot of details, our zones, that's next week at the uh the top things you do for the fall of the year. It's free. Please come as my guest. We'd love to have you. And I'll be teaching that class myself. So it's kind of one of the fun ones I like to ones I like to do myself. Anyway, Ken and Lisa Lane, we hang out here at the Garden Center throughout the week. We love talking to friends of the show. Hi Ken with the Plants of the Week and our fire alarm Red Mums.
0: With a name like Fire Alarm, you'd expect large red blooms that take a fire hose to put the glowing petals out.
1: Just provide a little garden soil for a flaming red that will last and last.
0: But wait, there's more. This Fire Alarm Mum comes back again for even bigger show next year and just 3 dollars
1: Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. Where people who love red mums, they love to shop.
0: Hi, Lisa with the Finds of the Week and our Forrester Feathergrass.
1: Dramatic bronze flower spikes start blooming in early summer and don't stop until well into next year.
0: The flowers are so light and airy it's often referred to as feathergrass.
1: Growing to just hip high, this dainty grass shows off enough to make a designer statement without being invasive. All for under $30.
0: Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. Where people who love really pretty grass, they love to shop